The parrot continues listing the different things done together with the Kohen Gadol in preparation of the day of Yom Kippur. And as it got very close to the beginning of Yom Kippur, and sort of the afternoon of Erev Yom Kippur, Mr. Ruhu Zikne Beistin, the elder members of the Beistin, give him over Lezikne Kahuna to the elders of Kahanim, to old wise Kahanim in the Beis Hamikdash, the Ha'eluhu Laalias Beis and they, the members of the basin, would bring him up to the upper floor, or sort of a raised chamber, of the family of Avtinas. They were in charge of the Kotores, the incense, which was a mixture of spices, which were mixed with fire, and on a Kippur, as well as the daily Kotores offering, there was an additional service of the Kotores done in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the most inner and holiest place in the Beis HaMikdosh, Alagmora actually says that it was one of the hardest things to do in the Beis HaMikdosh all year round. This service which the Kohen Gaul had to do with the Kotores in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. You had to take a pan of burning coals, as well as some sort of pan filled with the spices, and then just using one hand or even using his mouth. He had to tip the spices into the fire, and it had to be done very carefully without spilling any of it. And so it was very difficult, so the people, the members of the basin, would bring the Kohen Godol to these members of the Kohanim, to the chamber of the Kotores, and they would teach him how to do it over there. Now before these members of the basin leave the Kohen Godol there, Vishbi'uhu, they make him swear. And only then, then they leave and go on their way. Now what exactly do they make the Kohen Godol swear? So the Omrulai, they say to the Kohen Godol, Ishi Kohen Godol, my master, the Kohen Gadol, we are messengers of the Beistin, and you are our messenger and the messenger of the Beistin. I mean, you're really the messenger of all of the Jewish people and the messenger of the Beistin, and all of the services which you are performing on Yom Kippur is basically for all of the Jewish people. And the atonement of all of the Jewish people is dependent on you, and on you doing the services in the correct manner. And therefore, we are making you swear by the name of the one who rests his presence in this Beis HaMikdash, we're making you swear by the name of Hashem, that you will not change anything from that which we told you to do. We learned at Kabbalah Mishnaisko that the, these members of the Beistin would read in front of the Kohen Gadol what he had to do the next day. So now they make him swear that he won't change from any of that which they told him to do. Now why do they make him promise this specifically in the chamber of the Kotores? And furthermore, why would they suspect the Kohen Godol himself of altering the service in the Beis HaMikdash? So the Gemara explains that during the second Beis HaMikdash, many of the Kohen Gadolim were not necessarily the most righteous of people. It was quite a corrupt system and many Kohen Gadolim were Tzedukim, part of a group who didn't really believe in Tosh Peh. They only really followed the Tosh the literal meaning of the Pesukim. And the way that they read the Pesukim in the Torah, they held that when the Kohen Gadol would do the service of the Kotoriyas on Yom Kippur, he had to mix the spices with the fire outside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and only then enter into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. They said that it's implied in the Pesuk that smoke has to be coming up from the Kotoriyas already when they bring it into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and so because of that, they said that it had to already be done outside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim and then brought in like that. However, the Chachom learnt from different Pesukim that that's not true. This entire service has to be done inside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. The Torah says that once he has entered into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, then he should place the spices onto the fire. And so they would make him promise now that he would do it in the correct way and only mix the spices with the fire once he had entered into the Kodesh HaKadoshim itself. They actually wouldn't be able to see on your Kippur itself whether he did that or not, 
because the Torah says that nobody is able to be even in the Kodesh, the large base Hamikdash building, which was just outside of the Kodesh Hakadoshim. Nobody was even allowed to be there during the time that the Kohen Gadol did this service, and if they had to make him promise to do it in the correct way, and not like the Tzedukim said. And once they made him swear that, he would separate from them and cry because they suspected him of being a Tzeduki. The him portion of Eichel, and they would also separate from him and cry in case he wasn't a tzaduki, and they were suspecting him wrongly of being a tzaduki, which is an avera. So they were crying out of the concern that they had suspected somebody wrongly. Alternatively, they were crying just over the situation which it came to that they were kohen who were tzadukim. That in itself was a reason to cry. Mishnah we had a couple of Mishnahs ago that the kohen gadol wouldn't be able to eat a lot as it got nearer to the night of Yom Kippur because he is not allowed to sleep on the night of Yom Kippur, in case when he sleeps he becomes a Valkyrie, which is somebody who has substances exiting his body, and as a result becomes Tomei. So of course if the Kohen becomes Tomei, he won't be able to perform the services in the Beit HaMikdash, and the entire atonement of the Jewish people is dependent on this. And so they would not allow him to become Tomei, and so they would not allow him to sleep. So how would they keep him awake? In Chacham, if the Kohen was a wise person in himself, and he would expound, he would give a drosha, he would speak words of Torah. That would be the best way for him to stay awake. But if not, if he wasn't a Talmud Chacham, and as we can now see, there were probably many Kohanim Gedolim who were not Talmud Chachamim, especially during the second Beis Hamikdash's time. So in that case, Talmud Chachamim, other wise and righteous men would speak words of Torah in front of him in order to interest him and make sure that he doesn't fall asleep. Then Rogel Likreis, and if, for example, he regularly reads, he knows how to read Tanakh even on a scroll without having vowels. So if he knows how to do that, then Koire, he should read it to occupy himself and make sure that he st- stays awake. But if not, if he can't necessarily read so well by himself, then Koirelefonov, they would read parts of Tanakh in front of him. Koirelefonov, and with what, which parts of Tanakh would they read in front of him? But Eov of Ezra of Hayomim, either Eov or Ezra of Hayomim, these are more interesting, exciting, thought-provoking parts of Tanakh, which are more likely to keep him awake. Zechai ben Kavutl Omer, Zechai ben Kavutl says, Many times I read in front of the Kohen Godol parts of Doniel in order to keep him awake. So we see that you don't have to specifically read in front of him these three parts of Tanakh. Really anything which is going to keep him awake, that's fine. Especially something like Doniel, which is written in Aramaic, which is the language which most people spoke during that time. So that would be easier for the Kohen Godol to understand. And so that's why he would read in front of him Doniel, but we see that really anything which would keep him awake could be read in front of the Kohen Godol. Mishnah Zayn, Bikishli Islam name, if the Kohen Godol wanted to sleep, meaning if they saw the Kohen Godol was about to fall asleep, he was sort of dozing off, then Pirchei Kahuna, the young members of the Kohanim, Makin Lafonov they would hit in front of him with a click of the finger. They would use their index finger to make a noise in front of him, and they would sort of shout to him, V'omuloi! They would say to the Kohen Godol, Ishi Kohen Godol, my master the Kohen Godol, Amud, stand up, V'hofig Achas Ritzpa, and get rid of your sleep on the floor. The floor of the Beis Hamikdash was made of stone, it could be quite cold, and so that would prevent him from falling asleep. So they shout to him, stand up. They weren't wearing any shoes, so the floor would actually make him colder. And then, they would keep him busy until the time of the slaughtering of the carbon Tomid, which was one of the first things which was done in Yom Kippur Day. And what the Zabana refers to is really the daytime. Until dawn, until Amadashacha, they would keep him busy so that he wouldn't fall asleep and increase the likelihood of him becoming Tomei.
Mishnachis. Once a Kippur morning had arrived, so the mission is continuing chronologically in the exact order of how things would happen. The first performance, the first service which the the Kohen Gadol would do during that day was Trumas Hadeshen, which was actually done every day. And that is clearing some ash off of the Mizbeach onto the ramp of the Mizbeach. He wouldn't clear off all of the ashes, he would take some ashes from the top of the Mizbeach and place it onto the ramp. So Bechol on every day, on a regular day, Terminus HaMizbeach, a particular Kohen would perform Trumas HaDeshen, but Kriyas HaGever, around the time that the man would call out. This is referring to the person whose job it was to wake all of the Kohenim up, so he would call out to everybody to wake up at dawn. Aisamuchloi, or near to the time of dawn, ben fun of ben achrav, whether just before dawn, whether just afterwards, at around the time of dawn, it didn't have to be exactly at dawn, but around about that time, that is when the Trumas Hadeshen had to be done in a regular day. But on Yom Kippur Mechat Sois, it was done already at, mid- at midnight, and the reason we're going to explain is that since the Kangala was fasting, and he was going to perform all of the services the entire day, he would get very weak and tired. So it was better that they would spread out the services a bit more, and so he would perform Trumas Hadeshen earlier on in the middle of the night, so that by the time the morning had arrived, he would have regained his strength to perform the rest of the services of Yom Kippur. Now continues the Mishnah, Var Golim, and on the Shalosh Golim, on the Yom Tov, the Kohen who would do the Trumas Hadeshen would do it at the end of the first watch. The night is split into three parts, based on the fact that Malochim sing to Hashem during the night, and it's split into three different parts. So at the end of the first third of the night, the end of the first part of the night, that is when they would do the Trumas Hadeshen on the Shalosh Golim, so that was even before midnight. Reason being that since pretty much all of Kalisol would come out to the base Hamikdash for the Shalosh Golim, Many, many carbonates were brought, and so the ashes on the base of would be would be a very large pile, and so they would remove part of these ashes already at the beginning of the night. It would take a longer time to do so, and therefore they would start earlier. And the calling of the man waking everybody up wouldn't arrive. People wouldn't hear that at until the courtyard was already full of Jews. Since there were so many people, even before dawn, the courtyard of the Samitosh was already full of people waiting to bring their korbanos. And so also because of this, they wanted to do the Trumas Hadeshen as early as possible, so they would be ready to bring all of the korbanos from the earliest time possible on Yom Tov.